Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. What is leverage, you ask? It's a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. It means you're bringing something to the table more than your hat in your hand and a dream of potential. You're bringing your reputation. You've already proven what you can do, and they see it clearly. They don't have to imagine it. That's what leverage is. That's why we called this the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B. It's an acronym stands for creating leverage in the music business. And there's a mastermind that came up with that. And that happens to be my good friend and my co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And Brent helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on the regular, he gets you connected with the pros in front of the pros so you can get your shot. You can find Brent super easy at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves and so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists such as Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up, brother? Man, I'm excited today. I'm excited every day, but (laughs) I'm officially just a little more excited than normal. It's not yeah, we got this is a really kind of a unique interview that we're going to do today, which is, I think you should just, you know, tease about right now. Yep. So... This is somebody I met, uh, and we'll give his name here in a bit when we get to the interview, but somebody I met years ago uh, when we were kind of uh, crossing paths. I was hitting a rough spot, and he was on the way up in our uh, musical journeys, and we worked together in a day job for, I don't know, a year or two years, and uh, he just has gone on to, uh, he's climbed that ladder, and so we're going to talk to him and, and kind of see where he's gone from the, the point I met him to where he is now. Awesome. You got you to tell them the, the day job. Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, man. Slinging the bean, baby. Slinging <laughs> the bean. All right. Well, before we do that, we just want to give a shout out to, uh, to, to Disc Makers. The Climb Podcast is proud to partner with Disc Makers. Uh, they've been supporting indie musicians before indie music was even a thing. Uh, when you're ready to make CDs, DVDs, or vinyl, or distribute your music and videos with customized USBs, Disc Makers is the only place you need to go. You can order online for this stuff at uh, www.discmakers.com. That's D-I-S-C makers.com. Or uh, give them a call at 800-468-9353. And while you're there... Click on the Guides and Resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and for studio veterans. Find them online again at www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. Big shout out to Dismakers. Thank you. We're so excited to be with them. Hey, a couple more pieces of business here, guys. If you haven't joined the Climb community on Facebook, please do so. This this is an active group, to say the least. There, There's so many benefits for this. First of all, just everybody's helping everybody else with songwriting ideas. We've gotten 
co-writes that have connected through there. We've got relationships that have been made. Um, people are talking about marketing. Uh, I share on the regular, you know, our marketing triumphs and tragedies, which I'm about to share. Um, you know, we don't always hit home runs. Um, we, uh, and, and Brent and I, are, you know, when somebody asks a question and it's relevant to us, we'll get in there. And if we know somebody that's uh, in the group that can answer your question better, I think, I can't remember who it was, but somebody had a question on, radio tour and mm-hmm. you know randy barber from bar frog chimed in on that who single-handed advice yeah yeah out of the back of the literally out of the trunk of their car with no team him and eric lee beddingfield in 2012 went door to door to all the secondary radio stations and turned elb into the 2012 indie uh music row indie breakout indie artist of the year like most spins totally mm-hmm awesome story and and what a he's the perfect guy to weigh in on that right that's the stuff that goes on i'm i'm regularly reading different kinds of information and if it's relevant to the community i'll post it there so i can save you a lot of time reading all the different magazines just go to the cloud community ask to be let in we let everybody in be good boys and girls or we will roadhouse you out um Take a couple seconds, leave a rating and review. That means the world to us. It, it shows people who are thinking about getting in that we're legit and gives them an idea of what your thoughts are. You know, speak your truth. Subscribe to the podcast so that all the Tuesday full episodes and the Friday little value bomb minisodes come right into your phone and get archived and you can consume them as you wish. And then finally, um, what's the finally? I got one more thing. Oh, I don't know. I drifted off completely. No, rating and review. Uh, oh, share it. If you like this yeah. stuff, if it's, <laughs> thank you. If it's, listen, if this stuff is resonating with you, man, like tell people about it, you know, turn them on to it. There's going to be some stuff in there that's going to be beneficial to them if it's beneficial to you. And we'd, we'd love you to death if you shared it on your social media and gave us a shout out. I mean, we had a good one the other day from uh, Jessica, the DJ on the, the highway for Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never even met that girl. I just totally like this. If you want to know how to get your song on the radio, these are the guys you need to listen to. I was like, what? Yeah, that was nice. That was awesome. Yeah. So, you know what? That kind of stuff makes us feel good. All right. There you go. So who are we going to meet today, Uncle Brent? Well, I'll give you the bio here. Do my best. Uh, like I do this for a living thing. Hey, mm-hmm. from a small town of Britt, Iowa, our guest was drawn to music at a very early age, leaning towards both rap and country for a multitude of stories they tell. He honed his craft while working a number of odd jobs, Starbucks, to help support his musical career <laughs> and wrote songs for Red Marlowe from The Voice and Rayvon Owens from American Idol. And speaking of Idol, our guest was also a former Idol contestant, and he has recently penned songs for Josh Grayson, Aaron Goodman, and collaborated with producer, and I hope I'm saying this right, Oki, O-H-K-I, to create a country hip-hop flavored EP called Dixieland, which is pretty cool. I've listened to it. Available now. And he has also recently signed a publishing deal with Reviver Publishing. And he's experimenting with different genres such as country, pop, soul, and hip-hop. Today's guest is David Duvall. David, welcome to The Climb. Thank you so much. Happy to be here, guys. That was a great intro, Brent. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I took it right off. I think your press release off <laughs> signed with Reviver. So it sounded familiar at first. I thought maybe you wrote it, and I was like, "Oh, that does sound familiar." <laughs> <laughs> no, we do it just like every other press does it. You know, we exactly. just we just read what they send us. Hey, hey welcome to the show, David. <laughs> Heck yeah! Right. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Well, great, man. What I want to get into today is a story of how you went from Brit, Iowa, to getting cuts and landing a publishing deal. Because a lot of the climbers out there, that's where they are. A lot of them are songwriters and they want to get where you are. They want to get where you're going. And a lot of them are also independent artists. 
And I think there's a lot of intersection there because you're also an artist. And so, you know, my goal for today is to inspire, challenge, and equip the climbers out there who want to be where you are and where you're going. Does that sound good? Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, let's dive into uh, when I first met you. It was maybe like Christmas of 2010 or maybe early 2011, I think. And we were both mm-hmm. working at Starbucks in Nashboro Village. And Nashboro Village, for those of you who don't know, that's just a nice way of saying Antioch. Um, <laughs> so we were, we were working there. Uh, and you hadn't been in town that long, had you, when we met? No, I had just gotten into Belmont, uh, which was a dream come true. Mm-hmm. And had to live out there in uh, Nashboro Village area. And unlike a lot of Belmont students, uh, I had to work a job during uh, that whole time. So there was a Starbucks right down the road. I loved coffee and uh, met Christy over there and ended up getting the job. Excellent. Yeah, we were, I was coming at it from a different spot. I'd been in town probably eight years and I took that job because let's see, I was either in, I was in a publishing deal or just in between, but my son, Ozzy, my, he was on the way. And so I needed some health insurance because of soul income provider for my family. My wife wasn't working. She's like, baby, no, no moss, no moss on the, uh, on the income there. So I started working there to, uh, to get the insurance and stuff to help feed, uh, the big old boy that is now Ozark. And, uh, so I was, I was kind of hit a little bit of a bump because publishing deals don't pay a whole lot and, uh, you had just hit town. So that's kind of where we intersected. Um, so at that time you're at Belmont, what kind of stuff were you doing uh, cause I could tell just when we met that just like me, you were ate up with music, right? You were always singing to people in the drive through and, oh, yeah. and singing really well, by the way. Um, oh, so what you. were you doing at that time? Like being in Belmont and working, that takes up a lot of time. How were you hustling? Oh, what were you doing during that time to uh, pursue your dream? Well, I had no idea that music was going to be something I would pursue or even that I really could pursue. I uh, came from a very simple town in Britt, Iowa, so most people are blue-collar. I thought the options of a career were to teach or to be a banker, which ironically I am now, or um, to be a fireman or a cop or, you know, just kind of those typical jobs that you think of as a kid. And um, I actually was a plumber right out of high school mm-hmm. because I didn't know what else I could really be. I worked construction throughout those years, so I thought, oh, I'll I guess I'll just be a plumber. Take a crack and at it. it. Took about <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice, Brad. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess. Well, it took about one cold winter uh, where I was like, and eh, I don't, I don't know if this is really for me. And so I moved to an area called the Quad Cities, where I had uh, some family at, and that's where music kind of got started. I started playing some open mics with a friend who played guitar. And I had listened to a lot of music growing up. So I started writing raps and I wrote an original song and people just would request it every time I would play. So I'm like, man, this is so cool. This might be something I'd want to explore doing. And then I found out about Belmont University. So that's kind of why I went down there and I got accepted as a vocal performance major uh, to sing and stuff. And then the Starbucks part of it was just to literally pay rent, health insurance, get free coffee so I could stay awake during class, things mm-hmm. like that. And throughout that hustle, I, I was really just navigating. I didn't know a lot about the music business. I didn't know how to pursue this. I just 
thought I would write music, somebody would hear me, and the rest would be history. And I'm sure it worked out However, exactly I, that easily, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly how you <laughs> drew it up, yeah. Yeah, yep. So, so you put, your, you put while, yourself through college, David. Yeah, yep, I did. I mean, wow. I'm still obviously paying on that. Starbucks wouldn't uh, be able to handle the Belmont bills, but yeah, um, yeah I put myself through got my own student loans and kind of paid rent and all that stuff. Right on. Cool. So, and so that's been about, that. yeah. So that's been about, uh, what was it? So say 2011, it's been about seven to eight years from that time to, to signing like the publishing deal. Um, but you've gotten some cuts before that. And I'm going to dive into that, that journey some, because one reason I really enjoyed working with you, at Starbucks at the time was, was your attitude. You know, Starbucks wasn't the dream job for either one of us. It was a means to an end. It was a, it was a good place to work. It was cool. Um, but it wasn't our dream jobs. Right. But you always kept it positive. Yeah. And so I know when I know when I'd roll up in there, whether it's four 30 in the morning or on a Sunday, like at five or six or whatever, if David was there, it was going to be, it was going to be a better night. So you didn't drag down the vibe. And now maybe it was just the unlimited supply of caffeine that we had access to, but I don't True. think it was. Um, you know, you always struck me as just a, a real positive person. And how has that positivity and perseverance played into your journey? Be and, you know, maybe tell some of the downtime, some of the bruises that came before or after the cuts um, and the time you had to draw upon that. Because everyone that pursues this, they're going to hit those valleys. They're going to hit those bruises. Yeah. They're going to get knocked off their feet. Um, share a little bit of that with us and, and kind of how you persevered through that. Oh, so that's a great question, Brent. Um, really, the positive attitude comes from a faith a little bit deeper than uh, any any sort of uh, thing that I want to pursue. I just understand that there's something else kind of guiding me and in control. And that goes, honestly, back to Belmont. I didn't get accepted the first time, and I thought that journey was over. And a year later, something kind of pulled me back to do it again. And I ended up getting accepted that year. And so it was just kind of like, wow, maybe, maybe there's something bigger than me moving here. And so everything that, that I had to do on this journey, whether it was work at Starbucks um, or one point in time, as you know, like the valleys get pretty low, mm -hmm. you kind of consider giving it up because things aren't quite clicking. You know, maybe you get a couple of excitements and, and Red Marlowe records a song or Ravon records a song, or you even get on American Idol and you're like, man, things are really rolling. Uh, and then all of a sudden the rent check comes in and there's no money that is coming to make up for that kind of success, if you call it. Mm -hmm. And you realize I have to get down to the real world. You look better on paper than, uh, than the reality, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people will be like, wow, look at this guy. He's on Idol. Uh, you just don't get a check for what, it. What season were you on? Know, Hollywood. What season of Idol were you on? Uh, it was in year 2014, so I don't know the exact season. Okay. Was but that the last season, season on Fox? The one right before it. Okay, who won that year? I can't remember. I think his name was Nick. But see, right. you don't remember. Even That's, if I would have yeah. won, we'd be having this conversation. <laughs> right. we've, we've, we've had that conversation multiple times oh, on this yeah, podcast. Multiple times on the podcast. <laughs> and all but, uh, go ahead. I'm just curious because I, I was trying to remember. I'm trying to place you in which season it was. But go. Okay. So season. Well, four. Ravon, got, Ravon got fourth that year. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I got his cut was because we were friends at Belmont and he was trying to uh, get a song for this like big showcase coming up, which we both got in and he won with a song that we wrote. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I beat myself on that one. And yeah. so, so the, uh, oh wait, wait, it was a relationship that you got a cut through a relationship? How's, what? What? Yeah. I I wish we should talk about that, Brent, on this podcast. We should talk about how it's relationship. Yeah, that's a theme we never touch except for always. (laughs) (laughs) And And so for the positive attitude uh, question, it was just no matter what valley I hit, you know, whether I had to say, hey, I've got to work a job and pay the bills. It wasn't ever going to stop me from writing on the side or doing that as an enjoyment because we're in Nashville. There's people all around to help support us and get us through those times. Mm-hmm. And I was here. It was the city of my dreams. And how could you not keep a positive attitude? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, something you touched on there, it's Nashville. And I think that's one advantage that people who live in Nashville have over people that are outside of Nashville when you're pursuing the same dream. One, obviously relationships. How'd you meet, you know, uh, Rayvon with your first cut? Well, Hey, you're both at Belmont together, but also when you hit that valley, what keep what kept you from stopping? You're always going to write. Why? It's Nashville. It's in the air. You can't escape it. You can't forget mm-hmm. why you move there. It's up in your grill all the time, and that's one thing yeah. that I think keeps a lot of people going that move there because they they can't forget about it. Especially if they mm-hmm. packed up and they moved there for that, and like half the people they know are chasing the same dream, and just it's that momentum of almost going with the the flow keeps you moving in the right direction. Whereas outside of Nashville, if you're in, you know, a big town or small town or whatever, where they have different dreams or it's not that kind of music city going with the flow can often push you away from your dream. But in a town like Nashville, mm-hmm. or if you have that community in New York, LA, wherever that might be kind of going with the flow can actually lead you in a positive way. With most and, of I mean, and then on, on a mindset level, it, it's just by what you said, David, it's very clear that, you, while we all spend time, we all have those speed bumps in those valleys and we start, it starts to creep into our head and we start to focus on what we don't have. When you said, I had to remember I was in Nashville. I mean, you're, you're also, you, you would switch your focus to, here's what I do have. Let's work with what I do have. I'm still in Nashville. I'm here. I'm in Belmont. I'm going to do what I got to do and, and, and move forward and just and innovate my way out of this valley, right? As opposed to just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is terrible. Like, oh, my God. And, and then yep. you get inside your head and it becomes a negative cancer that eats you alive, you know? Exactly. Well, I always saw people who would, maybe give up or check out at Belmont. It was, it was obvious when somebody gave up because maybe they were a vocal major and then they're like, they got intimidated for whatever reason. And then they drop out of that program and they do something else. And you just kind of, I wanted to say, man, every time somebody quits, the people who stick with it are that much closer to being successful. Mm -hmm. You've got to fight through it and stick with it. And if you do long enough, you'll make enough connections or you'll give yourself a better chance at succeeding. And, but you just have to make it through those times. Yeah, I agree. That's great advice. I, lo- I love that. And, you know, there's the, there's the adage that most people quit. I, I, what is it? Like um, 50% of people quit after the first attempt. And I think it's 80% or 85% of people quit after the second attempt. And 95% of people quit after the third attempt, which means that if you can just go through three failures, 
you're, you're, the, the, the crowd that you've got to fight through is a lot thinner, you know? And, and all the way through, I want to point out that you, you got smacked in the face when you first tried to get into Belmont. They mm -hmm. said no. And you mm -hmm. said, uh, let's, let's try again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and got in. I mean, that's, that's grit right there. That's, you know, whatever it was that the impetus was, I mean, uh, that's, that's grit. Most people would say, well, Belmont's not going to take me. Well, now I got to sign. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's right. It's reaffirming my negative viewpoint that, um, I'm not, yeah, it's not meant to be, I'm not the one to be doing this. So. <laughs> right. I have my evidence for the verdict I've already rendered. Yeah, Brett, yeah. you know, you know this very well as well, because you have a family. You knew you had to give them uh, health insurance and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you also can't be foolish when you're doing this. Right. Um, I think what's so great about a city of Nashville or New York or a place that provides this kind of uh, entertainment atmosphere is that you can still work a job. You can still do those things to help support, but you're surrounded by this business and these people to where your side hustle can be your dream that can truly turn into reality just by those connections that you make. At a coffee shop, I met the producer for Tim McGraw just by singing him a latte out the window. And he nice. brought me in. You know, those kinds of connections are just unreal. And you can meet them anywhere, whether you're at the bank, whether you're at a restaurant, um, but you do have to pay your bills and you have to be realistic. You can't just, I'm, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep doing my dream, but avoid taking care of your responsibilities. Because once you do get your dream and you don't care, take care of your responsibilities, you're also going to be hurt later on. Yeah. And, you know, another thing too is um, at that day job, you know, how you, those, my football coaches, you know, and football coaches everywhere have said, you play like you practice, right? So what you do in practice is going to translate to the field. You can't just automatically turn a switch, flip a switch, and then be ready for game time. And those day jobs, you may look at them as practice, but it's practice showing up, grinding, be a being a professional, having a positive attitude. So if you had been just a jerk, you know, at the time, say at Starbucks or at those different jobs you had, and you'd had a bad attitude, you wouldn't have been singing out the window for McGraw's producer. You'd just be like, here's mm -hmm. a You know, if, I mean, I got a, another j job outside of the Starbucks thing that I did for a while because the guy, you know, flipped me as, it was a time, it was a God thing. I was needing something else a little bit more full-time. And this, where I was looking around and, and belly aching because I didn't want to do anything but music. And just right in that time, I was praying about that and not getting anything going. This guy, one of my, one of our regulars at the drive-thru came through, Jim, and he threw me his business card. He's like, hey, if you're ever looking for a gig, we need a guy. I'm like, actually, I'm looking right now. And I asked him, well, why'd you throw me a business card? He's like, you showed up every morning. You were there like 5.30 every morning with a smile on your face. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Yeah, there we go. All right. And, you know, (laughs) and just like, well, like me and you, okay, we work together. Now, if we'd have both been jerks and having a bad attitude, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Exactly. And, you know, if it had gone either way, I'd be reading about David in the, in the music row, you know, press release going, oh, he got a publishing deal and he's getting cuts on, you know, this stuff and that. And too bad we hate each other. (laughs) (laughs) Or I hate his guts or he hates mine. Okay. He's got yeah. nepotism. I wonder who he knows that got him that far. Like, hey, 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 that's what you've been saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's funny exactly. how many of those people waited tables together, uh, did that sort of thing that, that kind of come up in the business and, and have a relationship. And, and that, I think, feeds just that, that grinding mentality and also it helps with the, the relationship building. So I think that's a good thing. Now, something that's been, I'm curious to know about. Okay, so back in the day, you know, you just moved to town. I knew you as like pop R&B gospel guy, right? That's always what you're singing. I I didn't think of you as like, you know, a country guy. But you landed a cut on Red Marlowe. It was like one of your first cuts. And I know Red. (laughs) He was on The Voice. Red is country as a cow patty. (laughs) How did that cut happen? Because that blows my mind. Because he is, I've written with him, and he is dog country. And that is not oh, how yeah. I saw you at all. So uh, educate me. How in the world did that happen? Well, I think people like Red Marlowe, as, as music and country music starts to kind of shift a little bit, and they're just kind of exploring and looking for, you know, how, how can I stay fresh but yet keep my country roots? Mm-hmm. They kind of look at, you know, I am still from a place that's country. I'm, I'm from Iowa. I grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. So I understand that, that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but my melodic or musical taste just might be a little different. Um, so I actually met Kalen Garner. Do you know Kalen? Um, man, I know that name. I've never met him, but I've heard his name a bunch. Yeah. He was, he was really good friends with Red Marlowe, and he was my neighbor uh, at this apartment complex. And so we kind of wrote a few times. He's like, hey, man, I know this guy, Red Marlowe. He did demos all over town. He was just the best. And I think he's going to do a record. You got to write with me. So this was like uh, right at the end of Belmont. So I was still kind of getting my wheels turned. Mm-hmm. So I went over to Red's house. We wrote a song. I didn't think he was going to cut it or anything, you know, but it went decent. And then... um that was kind of it for years. And then all of a sudden he did come out with EP and he chose to put that song on there. I was like, man, that's great. And then a couple of years after that, he gets on the voice 
Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting about this, this story is, you know, every right or a right that you think might not be something, I didn't know what that would turn into. Mm-hmm. His success became success for me because as he, you know, four years later gets on The Voice, now if I say, wow, I got a Red Marlowe cut, people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. When before, just maybe it was like another one on the shelf. It didn't. It wasn't a prepackaged marquee value name that turned into recognition and a marquee value cut for you. Exactly. It, it, he just continued to climb his success, which helped me climb in mine. See, what I love about that is, is again, you got to just do it right with as mm-hmm. many people as you can do it with <laughs> yeah. can, yep. can hang in, in at, at your level. And I, like the work gets rewarded. And instead of trying to chase the, the um, I mean, like another way to kind of describe this Brent would be like Rhett Mar- Mar- Marlowe was in his class, right? Like they were in the same class together, kind of coming up mm-hmm. and, and they were working together and then somebody popped and now, he gets, you know, he gets the benefit of that from all that work that he did before, as opposed to so many people maybe uh, lamenting it, for lack of a better word, the fact that they're not writing cuts for, for Tim McGraw yet, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, right. man, you know, d- d- in, even in your local town, like who's, who's, who are you writing with on a regular basis and make sure that that's happening. Cause if they're have the same positive attitude and the same go get them that you have, it, that work might not go unnoticed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a good work breeds good opportunities. So you knew Kalen and he knew, um, and I know where they know that name from cause he and my buddy, Chris Harris and Red. Yes. Yeah, so I've room with Chris. Chris. Do what? I, I have a cut on Chris's thing. Oh, I awesome. love- oh man. He's so freaking talented. Um, and uh, so, you know, you're doing good work with Kalen and he wouldn't have brought you in to write with Red because he was hoping something's going to happen with Red. So he's like, hey, you know, you brought a value that he thought would add something to the mix with him and Red. If he thought, you know, if you didn't have a good attitude, if you didn't have good work ethic or if you didn't bring value, he wouldn't have invited you into that room because mm-hmm. it sounded like Red was an artist you were aiming for. And I think that's important that you know i know kaylin had gone for the has gone for the artist thing too and I don't, I don't know what was up with that at the time but if you do good work and you have you know you bring value to the table sometimes people bring you in to to positive situations where something else can happen and it took a long time uh, these seeds grow so slowly mm-hmm. that you know you just got to be patient and part of it is just hanging in there long enough to then when those seeds start to grow that you're in a position to take advantage of it. Cause if you'd already been back home in Iowa, cause nothing happened, you'd be sitting in your cubicle or under somebody's sink going, ah, yeah, I read Marlowe. I got a cut on that record. And yeah. you wouldn't be in much of a position to take advantage of it, but you, you're still there. And so then you'd be like, Oh yeah, I got something on there and you can tell it to people that can help you take that next step. So that's so a great point. Another relationship. Huh, funny how that works. Um, yeah. <laughs> Darn it, it keeps coming back. Why we got to work this out of the plot? <laughs> I know. <laughs> let's just scrub everything. Uh, man, let's talk about Reviver. Okay, so uh, for those who don't know, Reviver Records, the record side of Reviver Music Publishing, uh, was home to Low Cash when they started having hits. They're the label for David Lee Murphy. You just had a number one with Everything's Going to Be All Right. 
Uh, they're also the label for our mutual friend, Aaron Goodman, who you have a cut on. So congratulations on that cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, I've heard the, the, I think what's going to be the first single and it's awesome. So I can't wait to hear the rest of the project. And uh, so basically Reviver's not operating at a garage here. They're legit. Yeah. And, and you've just recently signed to their publishing division. How did that come about? How did you get on their radar? Well, I write, um, so I am a banker and I write at night. Mm-hmm. So my rights are a little limited. I don't get to write with a lot of artists right now. One, I wasn't known. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, just, you had to be with people who truly believed in what you were doing. And, uh, I get to write with this lady named Robin Collins. Mm-hmm. She's just a lyricist, uh, doesn't play an instrument or sing, but she's just an amazing, uh, lyrical person to be with in the room Sounds so like we write pretty exactly yeah exactly yeah. um we write pretty frequently and she had a cut on josh grayson's last record mm-hmm. and so when he was looking for some new stuff he reached out to her and said hey have you written anything else that maybe i would be interested in she goes yeah i wrote this song called good for you with this guy david duvall and he sends it to him and he just flipped out and loved it Mm-hmm. Showed it to his team over at Reviver, who was doing his PR for uh, his stuff, you know, like doing his radio promotion. Mm-hmm. And uh, he met a lady named Carolyn Mobley, who's kind of helping him out with that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I got this song. And, and then he starts texting me and says, hey, do you have any other songs? So I sent him another song. And he goes, send me another one. I sent him another one. And I kept sending him some things and had they all had that kind of R and B soulful sound. And I guess he was really trying to go for that on this next record. Mm-hmm. And then Carol, Ann's like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Does yeah. he have a pub deal? And then he asked me, do you have a pub deal? And I'm like, no. And so they they start freaking out. And, uh, Carol Ann ended up getting my number, calling me like the next day and was like, well, what's going on? You know, do you want to have a meeting? Are you looking for a pub deal? And for me, it was like, at, uh, pub deal was like a dream, you know, when I first moved here, cause it's like, Oh my gosh, that you got to get a pub deal. Mm-hmm. But as you know, it's not the most money on a draw unless you're getting some cuts to really make like a substantial mm-hmm. amount of money. Right. And so I was like, yeah, but I just don't want to leave my job right now. You know, I want to keep my job. I'll write at night, but I would like to have more strategic rights. Mm-hmm. And I had about four deals on the table um, for that deal. So after the buzz cut started going around, um, people were really interested. But Reviver really took a liking to the fact that I wanted to work my job. I wanted to think about my family in the future and prepare for saving up for college for my kids or all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, see where this success goes if I get a company behind me who can start pushing me and grow. Uh, you know, I will leave one day if that really calls my name, but yeah. they were behind me to do this kind of part-time thing. So it was a blessing. Can we, let's, let's dig down on that a little bit. So what is your job right now, David? I'm the office leader for uh, pinnacle banks, music and entertainment team. So we do specialized lending for artists. We help fund their tours. We okay. do uh, song royalty loans, all that kind of stuff. And you help them with their finances, get houses, things like that. That's awesome. Okay, so it's a nine-to-five job. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and, and so you're also, if, if I'm in 
please correct me if I've heard this incorrectly, but it sounds like one of the things that Reviver liked was you weren't naive about the situation that you were getting into. You're like, no, I still want to keep my job. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to meet the needs of this pub deal at night and, and, and be able to match that after my day job. But the, you know, the, the real reason you weren't trying to get a draw on it as much as you were like, put me in the room with better people and give me some better opportunities. Right. Exactly. And my pinnacle has been amazing supporting me in this too, because if I have a right with somebody who's, you know, a sub- like Alan Jackson or, you know, a big mm-hmm. artist wanted to come in and, and do a right. It, as a banker, you get to go golfing with clients. So I was like, Hey, why can't this be my golfing? You know, <laughs> I just get to go right with them. I love so, that. That's great. I mean, it's a beautiful <laughs> uh, synergy between the two things because banking so much is relationships, right? Oh, and, absolutely. I mean, that's all it is. And, and know, I mean, songwriting, as we've established through your story, relationships. So they, they feed each other beautifully. That's cool. I, and I also love that you've, like, I just think there's so many, the, the pub deal for a songwriter is like the record deal for an indie artist, right? It seems like this huge, like that's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's misconstrued as that, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You haven't begun to work yet. Now you have to work, you know? You <laughs> yeah. thought you worked to get to here, but now you really have to work. It's more it's like not, a shovel at the end of the rainbow. Here's that's shovel. right. Yeah, now it's starting to find that pot of gold. That's right. And <laughs> David, the fact that, man, I got to give you props. The, the fact that you are doing this while keeping a regular nine to five and taking care of your family, I think that's inspirational because that is not, I don't, I don't know that there's anybody listening to this podcast right now that would have saw that coming. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I didn't mm-hmm. think this was going to be the, 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 the rags to riches story. Like, you know, I, I thought it was, he gets a pub deal, then he gets a big cut and then he's, you know, driving around on fancy cars and smoking big cigars. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but no, you're still grinding away at both. And, um, that's, that's awesome. And the fact that, Hey, you can do that, you know, like mm-hmm. crafted that for yourself. It's genius. Oh, one thank thing, you so much. Yeah. One thing I, I take from that too is, a lot of what publishers, their value has been uh, relationships, but also we say they're the bank, right? They bankroll your, your uh, creative pursuits, you know, the demos and all that stuff. Well, you literally already got to bank. You needed the relationships. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And, and you know, with the way the world is changing, draws are not what they used to be. And they didn't used to be great. Unless you're talking about like in the nineties where everybody, you know, you sneeze on a record to go platinum. Um, if one of the best ways to get a publishing deal is not to need one, you know, is to be a better investment. And for a guy like you, there's like, Hey, and and of course I don't know the specifics of yours, but like me right now, it's like, I don't need the draw. I need the relationship. I need the targeted rights. I need you to open doors for me. I need you to be on the street, pushing songs, get me in the rooms, get my songs heard, flying my flag and expanding my brand. I'll do the writing, but I don't need you so much for the bank as I need you for the, the Rolodex kind of thing so that's kind of how you went into it exactly yeah i just kind of said hey i'm not going to be a huge number on your expense report you know i'm I'm, going to be enough to where you see me and you need to work for it (laughs) right but not enough to where it's like it's putting us both at risk or it's stressing me out 
you know, like, man, I've got to really produce here. They're, they're coughing up a lot of money. Right. You know, yeah, I you just want it to be a good, even handshake. Yeah. And you have a longer leash if you're not as big a number yeah. on the expense report, it gives them longer. Again, we've seen that, you know, seeds take a long time to, to start bearing fruit. If you're a bigger number on the front end, that's, you have shorter time on the back end. And so, you know, yeah. building it where you, you stay in the game and you can keep taking swings, keep going golfing with people, you know, and that sort of thing <laughs> gives you a better chance of, of hitting that big lick that you know, everybody's, you know, waiting on. Hey, I, I got a question, David. How long have you had this, this job with Pinnacle? Uh, three years. Okay. So, so after the coffee stuff, uh-huh. I, um, I started bartending and doing that. But what I found, which is like what most songwriters will do, mm-hmm. they'll bartend at night and then write during the day, pursue your dream that way. What wasn't working for me was I had to always work on the weekends because that's where the money was. But if I wanted to go play at the listening room or if I wanted to go play at the Bluebird or things like that, I had to cancel you know, my job that was supposed to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. And so when I hit a really low point and I was like, I have to learn, I have to get some steady income because I'm just, just not working. Um, I got into the banking world randomly. You don't, you don't really have, like as a teller, you can kind of get into that with really a high school degree if you want to work at Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just ended up getting a job at a regular bank and found out, wow, People are okay to write at night for one. And the people I was writing with were, mm-hmm. uh, and still are. And then on the weekends, I have all my weekends free to play any show that I want to write on the weekend, to record, to, you know, hit the road and play like a two day tour. And mind you, I had paid time off. So if I really needed a day, I could take the day off and I'd still get paid um, for certain rights. Wait, you so use your vacation days for writing? <gasps> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, do, David, oh, yeah. do you have kids? Oh, I don't have kids. Okay. So, um, so, tell, take us through just the time management piece of it. Like, how? I mean, a lot of people get a nine to five, and they're feeling if it's if it's a dichotomy kind of gig, you know, um, that uh, that maybe it's just a job that's a stepping stone for them, a means to an end, and they can kind of get suck up, stuck up in that rut. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it might be a great job where they love it at nine to five, and that also can help them detract from the big goal of pursuing the dream. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you're tired, right? Like you've you've had an eight hour yeah. day, you've had to think a bunch already. Your brain is is tired. So what is it that you did? Like, was there any mindset or any kind of uh, disciplines that you put into place that ensured that you were going to be writing, that you were going to be making songs that, that all of a sudden, you know, three years later popped up on this radar screen of this publishing company. And uh, I mean, you were getting product out there, like you were publishing, right? Not, not, that's a bad word to use, but, but um, you were producing you know, you were making stuff happen on top of that job. What were you doing to, to ensure that you were regularly productive in, in, in the songwriting piece? Yeah, I just, I set a schedule and I made something that would work for me. And then now I have a fiance. So I wanted to make sure that 
it worked for her as well. So we would talk about that. And I said, Hey, you know, she knew that songwriting was important to me. It also could be an additional bit of income in our lives. So I said, Hey, you know, I want to write two times a week. So I set Tuesdays and Thursdays, six to 10. I will have rights those nights. And the rest of the week, you know, is time for her or time for to play a show at the listening room or whatever. But I, I had to make sure I didn't overcommit because at first it's like, Oh yeah, I can do that. Right. Oh yeah. I can do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I kind of burnt myself out. And then I would go through, Oh, I can't write it all this month or I can't write it all for the next two months. I'm over this. And I mm-hmm. kind of went through those burnout phases. So I had to find a schedule that was balanced for me and for those people in my life so that I could move forward. And once I had that, that's when I started making my best work. I got in a routine. My brain would turn on at six o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. We were writing great songs. And that's when things really started moving. And once I did that for a year and a half, pretty consistently, I think you can go to a company like Reviver and say, hey man, for a year and a half, this has been my model. And this is how successful I've been with it and what I've produced with that model. And this is what I want to continue. But with your strategies behind it, getting me in better rooms, I think we can take this to another level. So that's kind of what I had to do is just set that schedule. That's great. And like that a is business. Awesome. Yeah. And do you think, just real quick, because I know we got to wrap it up here, but do you think that because you had that schedule on Tuesdays and Thursdays that you kind of, like your brain and maybe to a degree your spirit or your creative spirit got in a routine of, oh, this is time to turn on. Like, it, 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 like you were looking forward to it because it was regular as opposed to, yeah. oh, my God, I'm exhausted. I got to get up off the couch, put the Doritos down, and go write a song. Yeah, exactly. And I actually had a day write the other day. I was with an artist, and I took uh, the day off to write with him. And that almost felt a little more strange for me because I was like, crap, I'm supposed to be doing like processing NSFs right now. And my brain was kind of in work mode. Mm -hmm. And I think when I write at night, I get the whole day to work. And if you love you, one, you have to love this. You Mm -hmm. won't make it through those valleys if you don't love it. You'll turn away. It's way too hard Mm -hmm. to not really love it and to think that you could just use this to become famous really quickly. I mean, that's, that's not the case. You've got to love writing music. And so when I get the opportunity to get off of a job that I do happen to love, which is helpful, Mm -hmm. but then I get to go create something. I've been using my right brain all day. Now I get to get off work and go use my left brain. It just works out great. And I'm excited to write. I'm excited to get to work. I feel like often when I write at 11 with people, you just kind of talk for an hour, you know, well, then maybe we'll go grab lunch and then we'll get back on something, mm-hmm. you know, but when I'm off at six and it's time to write, they've been up all day. We get to business right away. We get a great product and it's, it's been working out really great. I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, man, that, <laughs> um, it, it is time, unfortunately time to wrap up, but man, David, it's been great to catch up with you. Uh, I, th- I think this is really going to serve the climbers well out there and uh, just bring a lot of value from the storage of the persistence, getting through the valleys, how you structured your, your time in the way that's not the normal um, picture that people have of success. 
And I think that's an, an important piece to show that there's, there's other ways of skinning this cat. In other words, mm-hmm. especially as the music industry changes, it's the wild west, man. There are no rules. You do it how it works for you. And that is success. And so I, I applaud you for that. And also just for Thank keeping you. at it, man. That's a big thing. Good job. Just On the grind, on, baby. On, that's it. That's the thing. You got to love the grind, right? Yeah. And I, I applaud you for, for really, this is like probably the most customized method to, you know, the, to, to get to where you want to go that I've ever heard of that just makes absolute sense. Like there's nothing normal in here. I mean, I hear from a lot of people like, well, you're not going to get the good riders right, you know, at night, but mm-hmm. you don't seem to be having a problem with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you found a way to make some <laughs> rights and you found a way to, to take care of your bills and, and to, uh, have some income and still keep a, uh, a, a romantic relationship in balance and, and pursue this other stuff. And, and, and you're consistent, you're productive with it and look at what's happening. Like it's, it's, it's not rocket science. It's just work, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just work. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's what I love. That's so attainable, man. Thank you so much. Well, hey, guys, that gets us to the end of uh, uh, another killer episode here of The Climb. Um, once again, shout out to Disc Makers for, for having our backs. We're excited to be partnered with them. And join The Climb community on Facebook. Just uh, search for The Climb community. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in as long as you got a picture. If you can't figure out how to you know, put a picture up in the, in the profile, then you're not going to have a good luck in the community. You know, <laughs> you got to have like a, a minimum level of tech, right? <laughs> right. To deal with Facebook. Um, but uh, just be good boys and girls or we'll roadhouse you out. Um, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, get all the downloads immediately right into your phone. You don't have to worry about anything. Leave a rating and review it takes 30 seconds. It means the world to us. Five-star rating if you can, but you know, speak from your heart and uh and finally share it that's the best compliment that you could give brent and i uh if anybody you know if you're if it's if it's resonating with you if this information is 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 helping you inspiring you motivating you educating you then uh tell a friend about it and share it on social media and let let other people know so this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 